Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630-CHAD. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex G's. Two songs directly tied to John Travolta over the course of the last three days. Digitex, buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. I'm here. Brendan Escott is 29 feet uh, down the hallway from me, Brendan. Why, oh, why are we opening up with the Bee Gees? Barry Gibb, born today uh, in 1946. That makes him 75 years old. He's the only surviving member of the band. Uh, Robin Maurice passed away, obviously, uh, as well as Andy Gibb, who was a bit of a heartthrob and a star back in the uh, 1980s. I'm thinking Andy Gibb it was, uh, what is that, myocarditis? Is that uh, what ended up getting him? I think uh, ultimately from excessive cocaine use was one of the challenges that he had. But uh, absolutely, that song, uh, have you ever seen uh, the, the, the sort of, rise of John Travolta throughout the course of the late 1970s and into the early 1980s with uh, there was some pretty uh, Saturday Night Fever was a pretty that was a big song I think it was a or a big movie back in 1978 Brendan uh, no, I... You've never seen it? I know Travolta for other things. Like, Savages would be a movie I've seen Travolta oh, in. Oh, that's... Now, that is... Uh, that's a... Who's who's the, uh, the lead uh, female actor in that movie? Is that Salma Hayek? No. no. Well, she she was in it, but she wasn't the lead. The one that's married to Ryan Reynolds. Oh, for crying out loud. Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's not necessarily a family uh, family movie, as you know, Brenda. That's a pretty good flick, though. I got to tell you, it adds some uh, interesting aspects to it. Have you ever wanted just to sort of disappear right off the map the way they did at the end of the film? Uh, sure, we've all thought about that at one time or another during the course of our career. Uh, Travolta was a pretty interesting character in that one. Not exactly the most likable of fellows, but uh, unquestionably a uh, 77, by the way, for Saturday Night uh, Fever, which had a $237 million box office, which would have been huge back in 1977. That is a song that I, I think might be sort of a guilty pleasure song for people out there that are of that you know I, I was 11 when that uh, came out and i don't mind i don't mind that song it's a pretty good song i tell you uh, incredible range in the voice and that was barry gibb by the way he was able to get those uh, upper uh, tones and nail it 
Winners now coming up on today's show. Uh, we'll get to the top story, the audio vault, all that fun stuff. We will tell you that uh, you can reach us on the River Curry Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Live entertainment back with Honeymoon Suite and the Headpins taking the stage this Friday. Meanwhile, April Wine rocks the house on September 18th and Hotel California, the Eagles tribute band, plays Friday, October 29th. Details at the theriverkerryresort.com. You can text us. At 780-496-0063, the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to uh, ashleyfinefloors.com for more. We've already got guys texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Best John Travolta uh, movies. Come on. Pulp Fiction, doesn't that one win? Isn't that, isn't that sort of... Was he Vincent? Was that the name of his character in uh, Pulp Fiction? I uh, would have to suggest that uh, would may- merit serious consideration. Coming up on today's show, longtime uh, NHL player and uh, analyst for the Washington Capitals, Al May, will get his thoughts on numerous different things. David Staples, not just from the cult of hockey, he will uh, rejoin us after taking about a, a month off the show, but David Staples is also... Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. And uh, we got a lot going on in the province right now and a lot going on in the city. And uh, unfortunately, it dwells into things uh, like, as an example, sport. Uh, Whether or not you need to wear a mask inside the venue at a game in which you've already shown proof of vaccination and those sort of scenarios. So we'll have some discussion with that. The Cult of Aki also has an entire series on uh, the Oilers prospects, so we'll be hitting on that as well. And speaking of a series, we've done sort of a coaching, uh, a look at the the, the path of coaching, uh, influences in coaching, uh, the science of coaching versus the art of coaching. We opened up with Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Yesterday we talked to Brad Lauer from the Edmonton Oil Kings, and today... Southside Athletic Club product, in full disclosure, my former center, the current head coach of Penn State, uh, Guy Godowski, who did interview for an NHL head coaching job this season. So we'll talk to Guy at one uh, thirty-five today and continue down that path and have a bit of a discussion on the coaching front. All right. You can tweet us at any time at Oilers Now. Tweet me personally at Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan is available at... Brendan with two E's and Escott with two T's. You know, um, there's certain guys that the movie The Usual Suspects, as an example, uh, we came up with, what was it, uh, Kaiser Soze? And if there was a person like that in the National Hockey League, his name might be Lou Lamarillo, just the way he's able to get things done. And that is part of our top story today for legacy heating and cooling. Get your AC today with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. We're going to bring Brendan back into the show right here, right now. Man, oh, man, the Islanders were quiet (laughs) on the free agency front and quiet on a couple of their RFAs. And then, boom, Brendan, they announced four signings in a uh, span of, uh, well, literally uh, two or or three minutes this morning. Yeah, and uh, hey, (laughs) what do you say? Lou Lamorello goes to the beat of his own drum. You kind of have come to expect that, I would say. And they they get their guys done at a reasonable price. You know, Casey Sezekis, I heard, was getting offered in the neighborhood of $5 million to join Seattle and instead takes six by two and a half million in to stay as part of that culture, as part of that system. They lock up their goaltender of the future, Anelia Sorokin. So, you know, business done unusually, but I don't think that is all that 
unusual of the Islanders. Well, no, he has a way, and just the fact that everything got kept so quiet during the course of it, but uh, the Islanders, by the way, we should mention Johnny Boychuk at Edmonton Area Product. He is on LTIR. His career is over, and... Uh, He's a $6 million cap hit for this, the final season. So they are able to go over the cap as a result of that, a fair amount for this upcoming year. They signed Kyle Palmieri to a uh, four-year extension at $5 million per. Restricted free agent Anthony Beauvillier, three years at $4.15 million. Interesting price point there. Hmm, that's... Uh would that number work on a three-year deal for Pugliarvi? I'd have to take a look. Uh, Pugliarvi's already done a two-year bridge. I would run Pugliarvi right into free agency, I do believe. Um, and then Casey Sezikis, as Brendan mentioned, six years at $2.5 million. Uh, Sezikis was kicking tires, looking to teams that maybe needed third or fourth line centers. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Figure out what I'm saying. And... Uh, and then in goal, Ilya uh, Sorokin, as Brendan mentioned, a three-year deal at $4 million. They've got two years left in the deal with Simeon Varlamov at uh, two years at uh, $5 bucks. So this is a team, obviously, that's well-coached with Barry Trotz. It's been ultra-competitive for two straight years. They've ended up in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, they lose Jordan Eberle in the expansion draft. They didn't have Honors Lee last year uh, in the playoffs. And just look at the Palmieri price point, $5 bucks on a four-year deal. And if you sort of hop on uh, cap friendly as an example and go take a look at uh, the Seattle Kraken as uh, Seattle's in a situation where they plucked off Jordan Eberle and Eberle had three years left at 5.5 million. So Palmieri basically replaced Jordan Eberle uh, within the context of the lineup. Different type of player unquestionably. Uh, Good player. Both guys good useful players. I'll be interested to see by the way how Seattle does in scoring. Uh, but Palmieri is a guy during the course of his career, and he has a right shot like Jordan Eberle. Can, Jordan's a right winger. Uh, Palmieri has played a fair amount on the left side during the course of his career. But you just take a look at some of the seasons for Kyle Palmieri. And with the New Jersey Devils, he scored 30, 26, 24, 27, and 25 goals before this past season, scoring 10 goals in 51 games. He had seven goals in 19 playoff games as well for the Islanders. Um uh, so there you go, man. I mean, they do things their way. They get it done. And that's our top story. And it is brought to you, as always, by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Very quickly, and I know the show's called Oilers now. It's quiet out there. Uh, it will be picking up some of the players. Uh, well, you know, a guy like Kyle Turris has been here all summer. Uh, Leon Drysaddle's been back in town for the last couple of weeks. Uh, there is a couple camps going on. Uh, elsewhere uh, around the hockey world, and that's part of the reason why some of the players might not be here yet, but most of the players will be rolling into town during the course of next week. There is nothing new at this time to report on the Kyler Yamamoto front. Now, logic dictates, uh, and we've had people say, well, Yamamoto shouldn't get anything more than Pogliarvi got it, uh, $1.2 million on a two-year term. I think he'll get a little bit more than that on a two-year term, but I don't think he's going to get $2 million on a two-year term if they end up doing a two-year term. And if I'm Yamamoto's camp, I'm probably trying to get a two-year term, but nothing new to report on that. Uh, I do think the owners have an appetite potentially to have a right-shot defenseman that's got some veteran experience that they can call up um, that's played some games in the NHL over the course of the last couple of seasons. Uh Michael Stone might be a guy that makes sense, but if you're representing Michael Stone, you probably think you might be able to get a one-way deal. People have asked about PTOs. Might be a little bit 
premature at this stage. We might be looking at a scenario where second week of September we might have a better example uh, and a better idea uh, with some other organizations as who's going where on a PTO. Tyler Innes, you know, I, I just look at Edmonton's left wing position, and obviously Nugent Hopkins can play center and left wing. Zach Hyman can play left wing and right wing. Um, the Oilers have added Warren Fogle, so they've upgraded a little bit. They've extended Devin Shore. Tyler Benson's in the mix. There have been people that suggested to me, well, would Ennis make sense bringing him back as a guy that can sort of move around the lineup and obviously uh, was well-respected by his teammates, and I guess time will tell in that regard. Right wing, because I'm factoring tourists potentially in at right wing and at center, I don't know if I'm. You necessarily need to look at bringing like Chase on was an effective player for a couple of years here in Edmonton. Did have a 22 goal season. I might be more open on the Innis side than the Chase on, but that's just me. Uh, I haven't spoken to anybody in the organization to get a sense of where they're at as well. Of course, there's Dylan Holloway as well. He's another guy that's going to try to fight for a spot on the hockey team. 12-19 at Edmonton. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a guy who is likely to spend this season in Edmonton and potentially, well, he's probably going to be playing for Team Canada in the upcoming World Junior Championship, which again is in Edmonton this year. We'll head into the Oilers now, Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, and get to NHL today as well. 12-19 at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, welcome back, everybody. 1221 in Edmonton. Uh, Brendan uh, Escott is with us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Hey, Brendan, I got to ask you this last night. Did you watch the uh, the women's hockey gold medal championship game between Canada and the United States? I caught the third period and not caught overtime, Bob, which I think is about all I needed to see. Yeah, uh, I swung by a Southside establishment to pick up takeout last night and uh, caught the back half of the third and was not uh, pleased with the the uh, penalty call with about three minutes left in the game that put the U.S. in the power play. I was like, that's a lame call. Do, uh, do you remember watching the last, uh, well, the All-Star game that was in St. Louis? I'm, I'm guessing that would have been the one in 20, was that, oh yeah, it would have been in like 2020 or was it in 2019? They had the, uh, the the women play a three-on-three, and I know I heard from, like, three or four different players that were like, wow, that Poulain girl, she's really good. Like, she's skilled. How about that shot, Brandon, to win it in uh, overtime? I mean, the ice water in the veins is one thing, but to, to like, that was two bars and down. And I, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that at any level. So for her to do that in that moment was telling, you very know, telling. The women's game hasn't grown internationally uh, the way people are hoping. Uh, the United States obviously have been terrific in the World Championship. Uh, give Canada credit. They rallied from 2 nothing down. Ironically, uh, <laughs> Canada didn't win in 98 and didn't win in 2018. Uh, they were outplayed in 2018. They, they were... I, they were the, the slower team and I thought the less skilled team uh, in that gold medal final against the Americans. It was only a matter of, and I know the U.S. ended up winning in a shootout, uh, but the the bottom line for me is I thought Canada was outplayed. They were not, out, from what I could tell last night, uh, and I know the U.S. got the jump early and I watched some of the highlight packages that were put together. It looked like Canada played pretty well, so that was pretty awesome to watch and uh, congratulations to the Canadian girls for winning the uh, championship uh, there. All right, uh, yesterday uh, during the course of uh, last night's game, Reed Wilkins 
had Dylan Gunther on from the Edmonton Oil Kings. We talked about uh, Junior Championship being in Edmonton this year, which is going to affect the Edmonton Oilers' schedule. We're into the Oilers now. Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton. Fort McMurray and online at directworkwear.com. Dylan Gunther was selected ninth overall by the Arizona Coyotes, and he had these comments on Reed Wilkins' show Inside Sports on his uh, signing an ELC already with the Arizona Coyotes. You know, it's obviously just the first step. There's still a lot of work has to be done, but I think that that does solidify, uh, you know, my hockey career and how far it's taken me. And if I were to look back on, uh, you know, five years, five years ago, and and uh, you know, to think that I would be in this position, I never would have thought that. So I think that that's a huge honor, and uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud and excited to be a part of the, officially a part of the organization. All right, uh, and Gunther added some additional thoughts on entering his first NHL training camp. You know, it's exciting. This is my first real uh, training camp. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what to expect just because I haven't, uh, you know, been a part of this. But I think that it's a great learning experience for me and something that, uh, you know, whether I play there or not, I can use this information here later on in my career. So, you know, I'm just going to go out there, play my game, and put my best foot forward and, you know, try to make the team. And if I don't, then uh, go back to Edmonton, change everything I've learned, and, uh, you know, go have a successful season with the Oil Kings. Well, they're going to have a heck of a team this upcoming season as well. I expect Jake Neighbors back from the St. Louis Blues. I don't mean to limit him in terms of making the team, but uh, a lot of guys last year basically lost half the season. So expect Neighbors back uh, with the Oil Kings, a first-round pick in 2020, and then the two first-rounders, Sebastian Kosa and Goal, and uh, Gunther as well, and they've got some real good uh, 20-year-old, lots of skill on their team. They'll win the Eastern Conference. I'd be stunned if that didn't occur. They've got a great chance to go off to the Memorial Cup this year as well. Again, you can uh, text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Carpet Guy Andy says, Hey, Bob and Brendan, we all love Kyler Yamamoto's effort and hustle, but I wonder if this young man is better served on a rebuilding team. Uh, this year's Oilers need players who are consistent in their effort and most importantly deliver results. I think Edmonton needs to capitalize on the price point for Yamamoto for the next two years. I'm not sure I'd just be turning around and flipping Yamamoto out of here. Brendan, what do you think? No, definitely not. This is a guy that you've already had growing with your team. He's already proven what he can do. I think that you keep that asset around. Okay. Uh, We will head into NHL today. We hit a little bit on some. We stole a little bit of Brendan's thunder here, but uh, NHL today is brought to you daily by Elite Promotional Marketing. Company branded apparel, products, and awards all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. What do you got, Brendan? Well, let's recap those quick uh, the signings in uh, the Long Island. Palmieri was four years by five million. Casey Sezikis six by two and a half. Beauvillier three by four point one five million and Ilya Sorokin to a three-year uh, $12 million contract total there. Riley Sheehan, he's uh, heading back to the Pacific Division one year, $850,000 to join the Kraken. Here's a weird one. The Chicago Blackhawks facing a, a class action lawsuit of sorts brought forth by a complainant who says that the team illegally used facial recognition software to obtain and store his data when he attended a game at United Center in 2018. The Blackhawks have denied those claims and the oil kings do open up training camp today as well as the sherwood park crusaders opening up their exhibition campaign drayton valley in town alberta golden bears have started skating as well they've added several uh 
quality players out of the Western Hockey League, though you'd never know if, if you checked out the U of A's website. They can't seem to be bothered to put any of that information out there. Uh, but uh, Ian Herbers will join us on tomorrow's edition of the show. We'll talk about some of his new players. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, longtime Washington Capitals player and color analyst Al May. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.